welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, here with my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, we watched some football this weekend. You are right, Cole. We did watch some football. It wasn't it wasn't close football, but hey, I I mean, I didn't I didn't care about that. I just wanted two teams going at it, game that actually mattered. Like you said last week, there was going to be teams that are 1-0 after Saturday, and there was going to be teams that were 0-1. We have a lot of teams still at 0-0 because most of the teams didn't play week one. But Cole, oh, it was a great little teaser, you know, for what this upcoming week is going to be. And we got some games this week. It was a tease. Yeah, I was just sitting there after the Notre Dame kickoff, just watching football being played with just smiling ear to ear. I was just so happy. It was cool to see Sam Hartman out there. It just, it just everything, just watching people fly around and plays being being made just made me happy. I was ear to ear watching Notre Dame play. Yeah, and I it wasn't, like we said, a very pretty game. It was a blowout, ended up being 42-3, to Notre Dame won, but it was really cool to see how much of an impact Notre Dame has nationally. Obviously, they were in Ireland, so that's Notre Dame and the Irish are synonymous with one another, but it was really cool to see them play a home, or a, it, they were technically the home team in Ireland, and Cole, I want to say something real quick about Notre Dame. We're going to get into them a little bit more, but they might be sneaky this year. We're, we're going to get into a little talk on the game, but I don't know. They they looked good. They impressed me on Saturday. Yeah, they looked really, really good. Um, Sam Hartman, he did looked so calm and comfortable, and the whole offense, I think because of that leadership and because of his presence, looked very, very, very comfortable and calm. The running game looked really good. I know it was against Navy. Can't overreact too much. But the run game looked really good. That big guy just running through the middle. The offensive line's good. If that guy can hold on to the football and and fix some of those issues he had last year, then it'll be a very, very balanced team, I think, and a team that will be better than last year, which isn't really saying a whole lot, but they looked really good. And I was pleasantly surprised, and Sam Hartman – had carried a lot more weight and threw the ball a lot more and had more passing touchdowns than I thought he would in a Notre Dame offense. And he looked great. I think he made a good decision in going to Notre Dame. I would agree. And we'll get, we'll, I'll give you my thoughts on it. I don't want to forget, like and subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Apple or Amazon Music, Audible, anywhere you get your podcasts. And then follow us on Instagram and Twitter at a degree in sports. That is where you'll find everything you need to know on the podcast. We have the smart link that gets you to all of the podcasting services. We have uh, content. Cole and I have been sharing video clips of some of the episodes. The last one we did was of our Ohio State. Uh, Cole was asking me if Ryan Day was fired, if the season didn't go that way. And so just a little sneak peek of like what each episode is about. So you can look at it, listen to it and be like, hey, that's a I'm really interested to see what they talked about in this episode. So please like and subscribe. This week, we're recording this Sunday, August 27th. We're kind of getting into now the routine of what the podcast is going to be. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Notre Dame, USC's games, and then we're going to get into a lot of predictions. And then a cool segment Cole has come up with that I really like, and we'll have to you'll have to stay tuned for that segment. And then we'll be recording a podcast probably Tuesday this week that is publishing Thursday, 
And that is the best one. That is week one preview. We got sports betting advice. We got games to watch. We got a lot of other things that you'll have to tune in for on Thursday. And I mean, I was already, I made this, I made up this cool graphic my friend helped me with, with all our sports betting picks of the week. It's going to be published. It's going to be out there on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm excited. So Cole, without further ado, let's, let's go USC really quick and then we'll get I want to. I had some thoughts. Actually, no. We're gonna go Notre Dame. I'll give you my thoughts on them. I agree with you, Colt. Sam Hartman. I didn't realize that it was his sixth year in college. I thought I knew he was at Wake Forest a while, but I was thinking it was like his fifth year. He looks like a a guy that's played in the NFL for like a few years. Like his just composure was very impressive. He was 19 of 23 throwing for 251 yards. He only threw 23 pass attempts. Yeah, he had over 250 passing yards. And like Cole said, I mean, four passing touchdowns. Their run game looked good. Audric Estime, he was around last year. He was kind of their go-to guy. I mean, he's a he's a big dude. Like, you're going to see him playing in the NFL next year. And for a team that is very inexperienced at receiver, they showed some promise. Jaden Greathouse, true freshman, had two touchdowns in this game. They just looked like a team that found out a lot about themselves this offseason. And Marcus Freeman, year two, I like Marcus Freeman a lot. I like those young coaches. I hope he's given proper time um, because it's hard to win at Notre Dame, especially when you're not in a conference. It's really hard to get into playoffs and national relevancy in terms of winning a national title when you don't play in a conference. But Cole, Sam Hartman, like you said last week, it was kind of just cool to see him shine like he did. I know it's Navy. I know they run the same offense they've always ran, and it's pretty predictable, but Notre Dame looked good yesterday. Yeah, and the one thing about that offense that Navy runs is it does typically give defenses some some hard times. Like It's, it's not easy to stop, even though you're not used to seeing that formation. Even though it is predictable, you know what they're going to do. It's Teams typically have a hard time. And Navy scored three points, and it was late in the game in garbage time when Notre Dame had their second string. So that's something to be excited for if you're a Notre Dame fan. Can't overreact because it's Navy. But um, another thing I want Notre Dame fans to, if I'm you guys, just be excited about and something that bodes well for them is Estime and that offensive line looking like they did is very important because when you get inside the 10-yard line, First and goal, second and goal, third and goal. You need to be able to close out drives and score touchdowns. That's very important if you're going to take the next step as a team and win a lot of games and try to make a playoff, which is what that's what you're trying to do at Notre Dame. They will be able to do that almost every time having a running back and an offensive line like that. Estime will just get you those dirty one, two, three yards, no problem with his size and his strength and power. So that's something that you should be very excited about as a Notre Dame fan. And the other thing you should be excited about is just yeah the poise and how many just how sam hartman played i think not to overreact but sam hartman very quickly played his way into heisman contention early obviously it's it's the first week of the year but i would guarantee his odds moved i don't know for sure but his odds definitely moved to be more likely to win the heisman four touchdowns he did exactly what he was supposed to do if he wanted to win the heisman and and stay in that that race I know it's early but he played himself in it early yeah and Notre Dame like you just said 
Heisman talk, who knows? He's going to have his chances to shine because they have such a hard schedule. As an Ohio State fan, I'm a little worried with how composed that he looked and that offense looked because in a few weeks, Ohio State has to go there and whoever Ohio State's quarterback is, that's going to be his first time playing in a true road environment like that. And Notre Dame looked good. And I mean, they got opportunity. They play Ohio State. They play USC. They play Clemson. I mean, that's three of the top, probably not, I think that's three of the top nine teams in the AP poll. And hey, if, if, if Sam Hartman throws for four touchdowns a game and keeps playing like that, well, you're going to see him at the end of the year. And I was impressed by them a lot. And so the other team that was in the AP Top 25 that played, and Cole and I had a lot of questions with, is USC. USC is my pick to win the Pac-12. And even after tomorrow, yesterday, I'm not obviously they're locked in, so we can't change them. I think they're going to figure it out. But 28 points against San Jose State is not something I would have hoped for in a team backing you or backing USC. But like Cole said, we're going to learn something about what their defense is like, and we learned that they're probably not ready to play really good competition yet. And you kind of get away with it when you're playing against San Jose State, but. Cole, quick takeaways from that game. What do you got? Yeah, it was the same old USC. A lot of the same issues that they had last year on defense just reared its ugly head again. They they couldn't tackle. A lot of arm tackles. A lot of they just they have a really hard time tackling, which is crazy. I feel like that's something that you should be able to fix in an offseason. Something that you just spend a lot of time on and put a lot of emphasis on. Like that's something you should be able to fix. Basic things like tackling, they just can't do. Their only hope is to get pressure. That's the only time their defense is somewhat good is when they can get pressure on the quarterback because if they don't do that, they're screwed. Their defense is not able to withstand an offense when they don't get pressure on the quarterback. And there's, they're going to face good old lines in the Pac-12 this year where they're not going to get to the quarterback. And I think they're in big trouble for, on those games where they can't get to the quarterback. So a lot of the same old USC. The offense looked great, but... That that was a big thing. I mean, who's that? Uh, Zachariah Branch. Is that his name? He was. He he's special. Yeah, he, he is was unreal. Him and Caleb Williams, like that's the new Caleb Williams of Jordan Addison. Could even be better. He is an he is a special athlete, and it's always fun to see a freshman takeover like that. So that the the offense will be will be very fun to watch. Just like USC always is. Caleb Williams will be fun to watch, and I think Branch is gonna be. Very, very, very fun to watch this year. Yeah, and the funny thing that you got to argue with USC and the defense not being good, last year they were the same way and they almost won the Pac-12. And so it's like, what marginal improvement do you need to actually do it and win the Pac-12? And I think we're going to have to see it. You look at their schedule, they really don't play anybody till the middle of October when Notre Dame comes up for them. And so, I mean, yeah, they probably got a little bit of time before that big game is. But yeah, I mean, just Zachariah Branch, he's a true freshman from Bishop Gorman. Bishop Gorman has a huge history of producing a lot of high-end talent. And I mean, he's a special kid, like returned the kick for a touchdown. He almost broke another one. He just got tackled. I think if he didn't get hit there, he would have had a second uh, return touchdown. And then you see what he gets when he gets the ball in space. Like he's a special guy. And the guy I was really excited for on USC's offense, Dorian Singer, he was a first-team Pac-12 receiver coming into this year, a transfer from Arizona. 
he really didn't have much of an impact. He caught a touchdown, four catches, 41 yards. And But I think he's the type of guy that Caleb Williams will really develop a connection with, like uh, Zachariah Branch is. I Caleb Williams looked like Caleb Williams. I mean, he his second passing touchdown, he fumbled the ball, threw a dart, 75-yard touchdown. He's a generational talent. It's just, can they... Can they effectively use his run game? Because that's something I was really surprised about last night. He had eight carries for negative two yards. It was just not exactly what I would expect from a running quarterback in a Lincoln-Riley offense, but it is what it is, and that's just how it looked. He And it could have been, you know, first game of the year. Not You're definitely not breaking out your full playbook when you're playing San Jose State. But speaking of San Jose State, I think one thing Cole will realize about them next week They actually play Sunday afternoon, a home game against Oregon State. Last time I checked, they were a 17.5 point underdog. That game is going to show us a lot of what San Jose State is because I was actually impressed with the offense. Now, the hard thing you have to talk yourself into is, is that actually good offense or is USC's defense just that bad? But I was really impressed with Chevon Cordero, their quarterback, and... I think we'll know a lot after they play San or after they play Oregon State next week. Yeah, that Oregon State is a game I'm absolutely watching if I'm a USC fan or if I'm just a college football fan. I'm going to watch that game. I'm going to see what they can do against Oregon State's defense. They typically have a pretty good defense. So we'll see what that what San Jose State's offense can do about against Oregon State and how Oregon State can handle them, how their offense moves against them. So if I'm USC, I'm watching that game to learn more about my team. Yeah, if I'm and if I'm USC, I'm hoping that San Jose State puts up a lot of yards and points against Oregon State because it'll make me feel at least a little bit better about my defense. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch that game just so I can learn a little bit about Oregon State and so I can learn something about USC because Oregon State's also a team that there's some questions and they're they're going to be fun to watch this year. So we're, we'll learn a lot about both teams just because San Jose State um, will have played two of the contenders in the Pac-12. Yeah, and that that game is Sunday afternoon. There's I think four or five games on Sunday. The big one next Sunday is Florida State LSU, but that game is uh, I think it's a three thirty kick and that. I mean, that's totally a game I'd want to watch, Cole. Yeah, can we just take a pause? And I feel like we haven't done a good job of talking about, since you brought Florida State LSU, about how just annoying and horrible the NCAA is. Like, they, they've made, we we've haven't talked much about all the horrible decisions they've made lately. There's a whole Michigan situation. You can argue about that all you want, whatever. There's Tez Walker for North Carolina not being granted eligibility He's, they're still up in the air for that. They've made a petition. He could be given the right to do it. But, like, they enacted – he transferred before they started – before NCAA changed the rules on transferring. And then there's uh, this move with uh, – what's his name for LSU? That Their lineman who is now not going to be able to play in this game because he signed he, – he made money off signing autographs, which is like, okay, how are we going to punish a player in today's day and age – for signing stuff. I know it was before the rule changed, but Taz Walker transferred before the rule changed and they're enacting today's rules on something that was he did before the rules were changed. So they're they're all over the place. They're just trying to stay relevant and they there is no way they have just the player's best interest. And then we're gonna talk about Arizona State punishing they 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 are now gonna be bull ineligible. I know that was made by Arizona State. They made that decision, but there's seniors on that team because of Herm Edwards that aren't that are devastated right now because they can't play for a bowl this year. NCAA is just constantly 
ruining players' hopes and dreams. I just feel like we haven't talked about them enough, so I just want to do a blanket statement on how horrible and how awful I think they are. Yeah, well, we just don't want to give those idiots any any of our time because, yeah, Mason Smith is the guy Cole's talking about at LSU. Guy gets hurt last year when they play Florida State, who they're also playing this game, gets hurt, season-ending injury. The funny thing is the other guys that were suspended with LSU for this incident if that's what you want to call it it's stupid he's signing autographs they got to pick the game last year that they were suspended for and it was called it was a team decision blah 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 well he doesn't get a pick and so you're taking him away from a game that he has probably circled on his calendar since he got hurt the year before playing against the same team and now you don't let him play and you say well you know what we'd let the other guys make the decision on what game to get suspended for. But you, no, it went into another year, so you don't get it. So like Cole said, it is horrible, and it just seems to be the theme with the NCAA of just not being in the best interest for kids, and that is what they, that's what their model is, and it seems like they never do any of it. So, yeah, very frustrating, Cole. I like Thank you for bringing it up, but we don't want to talk about them too much because we can move on now. all negative, negative thoughts on them. We'll move on. So we're going to do some predictions. We're going to save. Cole and I are going to give you college football playoff predictions today, but that is going to be the last thing. We want you to stick around, listen to the podcast, which we have very good information on as well. I'm going to run down and give Cole and I's quick predictions for the conference champions. These all have been things we've discussed before, right, Cole? Yes, I would like to petition for something really quick. And you can give me a yes or no. All right. I picked Washington to win the Pac-12. However, since then, their leading rusher and starting running back has gotten hurt. They haven't played a game yet. It's before the season. I am petitioning to be able to change my pick. Well, I think we're going to have to go to a Twitter poll and ask. I'm just kidding. You can change. Who do you want? I am moving to Oregon. I think Bo Nix is going to be very, very good this year. I think they have just the talent recruiting-wise. I'm really learning how much recruiting does matter and having all the talent on your roster does. And I think, you know, they have the right coach. They have the right players. And I think this could be a perfect storm year for Oregon. I wanted to pick Washington, but I think that is a huge blow at running back. I still think they could be good. Um, I still think I very I do think they could still win the conference, but I can't predict them knowing what I know now without them having their leading rusher back. All right, fair enough. We'll grant you that. The season hasn't started. Uh, If I wanted to change my USC, we couldn't do it because they already played a game. So I'm going to run down and give you the quick predictions that Cole and I each had. So Cole and the ACC had Clemson. I'm on the opposite. I'm at Florida State. So those are probably the two teams we're going to see. Big Ten, also very – Formidable Michigan. He has Michigan. I have Ohio State. Not very surprising there, to be honest. Big 12, unanimous Cole and I are. Both think that Texas actually gets it done and is officially back. Pac-12, you now know who Cole has. He has Oregon. I have USC. Doesn't change after last night. And then the SEC, Cole has LSU. I have Alabama. Most importantly, we don't have Georgia. So I do... I do really like that. I'm confident in my picks. I know Cole's confident in his picks. Uh, He sent me uh, his bet slip of all the bets he's officially made, and uh, he has some all those teams he backed. I did as well. So all of those we put real money on out there, and 
gonna be it's gonna be interesting at the end of the year to see who uh wins the most call yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun i i i have i have high hopes and i mean if if i wouldn't bet it if i wasn't supremely confident so i am supremely confident love it all right so here we're gonna give you guys some also a little bit of extra betting advice so cole i want you to give me two to three over under totals that people should pay attention to this week and maybe bet actually. Yeah, my first one I'm gonna give you is Florida under. I think that Florida just has a brutal schedule. I think Billy Napier is not the guy. The under is, the the win total is set at five and a half. And I just think in the SEC, there's a lot of good, I think there's so many good teams in the SEC this year. And I think they are not one of them. And they are just gonna have a really, really, really tough go at it. Um, and then obviously they have to finish their season with Florida State, so that just makes it even harder. So I think that there's I, – I just – I do not see six wins on this schedule. They have to start with Utah. They have a really hard non-conference schedule. So I I don't see six wins on this schedule for Florida, and I think they, they are definitely my lock, one of my locks to go under their win total. Okay. So I will let people know this ahead of time. I am not one to bet unders. To be honest, rarely ever. It totals for weeks and then totals for a season output. I'm, I'm kind of the over type guy, but Cole, I think, has a little – he has more unders than I do, but there's nothing wrong with that. Both – you can get wins on both. So – I'll give you my first. I'm the money guy. You're the money guy. If it's if it's the right number, I'm going to bet it. All right. Whether it's over or under. I like that. So I'm going to give you my first one. And these are also ones that I have already bet. And my first one is South Carolina over six wins. So the, the weird thing when you bet over-unders is if it's obviously a full number, so six, if it hits six, it's just a refund on your bet. There's no loss. It's just a push. And so South Carolina, I am basically banking on going to a bowl game and then winning one more game to get to seven for me to win the actual bet. This team has too much talent, in my opinion, to not make a bowl game. They start the year off, they get North Carolina, neutral site, big rivalry game. I might have a pick for that game in our uh, first episode next week. That game's very interesting to me. They get Furman, probably going to win that game. And then their harder games in the SEC are on the road though which is a little hard obviously you go at georgia and you go at tennessee and you go at texas a&m so even if i'm just counting those as losses that's three losses right there i think they get clemson at home at the end of the year i just am confident that this team is going to win at least six games if they win six games it is just a push but i think they're going to be seven and five at worst and that's that's my first team cole i like it i think that that is a I like South Carolina I'm excited to watch them this year but that was just a number I I, I don't know but that, I'm, I'm happy you chose it I and my next team is Arkansas over six and a half I think the schedule plays out nice for him and I really like KJ Jefferson if he can stay healthy all year I think he will be a top two to three quarterback in the SEC. I think Sam Pittman is a really good coach. And they open up the year with West Carolina, Kent State, and BYU all at home. That's very favorable. Three wins off the bat. And I like that they have Florida, Auburn, Florida International, and Missouri at the end of the season. So it's kind of sandwiched with, I think there's a clear seven wins right there. And then, so I, I just think this is a, a for sure over with this team. They Their offense was one of the best in the country last year when KJ Jefferson was playing. And I think they are ready to take the next step. And they're a team that 
more people should be talking about this year. Okay, so we both went we went back to back in the SEC. I like that. I'm gonna switch it up and go to the ACC conference. So this was a team when we did the ACC preview. I said keep an eye out for, and that is Louisville. They're over under set at eight wins. Again, it's not a half number, so if it finishes on eight, you get your money back. They just avoid all the top teams in the ACC. They don't have to play Clemson. They don't have to play Florida State. They don't have to play North Carolina. Basically, I'm banking on the fact that they get Notre Dame is their hardest game, and they get them at home. They have Jeff Brom, year one, who has the continuity of Jack Plummer, their quarterback from last year, coming with him to Louisville. I just think that's a team that, at worst, is going to go 8-4. and 9-3, and three, I think, is definitely something that they can do. 9-3, and three and they're, they're losing three games in their conference. Like, they're not going to win the conference. So, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in this Louisville pick because I think when you have a new coach... The number one thing you can have is continuity, and he brings his starting quarterback, who he just got to the Big Ten Championship with the year before. So I got Jeff Brom in Louisville getting over eight wins next year. Good pick. Good pick. My team, my la- my final one, I'm going over to the Big 12, and I'm taking Texas over nine and a half wins. The two potential trip-ups I see, well, there's a few, Alabama, I'm just going to give them a loss on that just for the over-under win totals. I don't like Oklahoma this year, so I think Texas wins that game. I don't like TCU, even though they're ranked 17. So I think it's they beat it's Alabama. I'll, I'll give that the loss just for the sake of betting. And then Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Texas Tech, I think they win. They have to win two or three of those three games, and I think they for sure will. And I think they run through everyone else. So, yeah, I think, I think Texas is poised to – really finally take the next step. I think they really have the roster. They have the, the the defensive line to do it, the big guys on the line that matter so much. I think they're going to win in the trenches this year. They have the quarterback. They have the wide receivers. And I think they are going to be a very good team this year. And I've been off on Texas every year for the last who has like 10, 15, 20 years when they like, oh, Texas is back. Texas is back. Definitely not 20 years. But I was going to say so Vince I Young think, was playing there yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since 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 Mac Brown left, I have been off Texas, and I think this is the year that they finally do come back because I think they have the roster and I think they have the schedule to do it. No, I'm I didn't bet this, but I I'm 100% in agreement with you. I mean, I have them winning the Big 12. I have them winning the national championship in just a. Uh, they're not who I'm picking on the podcast, but I have a future on them winning the national championship. So I I believe in Texas. I think they're going to be really good. So my other team, my third. Over-under total is another ACC team, and that's Miami. I Obviously, they were my surprise team in the ACC when we talked about them. Their over-under is set at 7.5. I'm just banking on them being 8-4. Uh, they do have a tough schedule. They're the opposite of uh, Louisville. They play North Carolina, Clemson, and Florida State. So you have the three best teams by odds in the ACC they have to play. Now, the one thing is they get... Clemson at home. They go at North Carolina. They go at Florida State. I'm just not super high on North Carolina, so I don't look at that as like a definitive loss when I'm doing a over-under. Now, they do have Texas A&M in the non-conference. If they beat Texas A&M, they are going to start 5-0. and And so if they start 5-0 and and you're telling me they have to win three of their last seven games... I'm going to take Miami. I think Tyler Van Dyke is going to have a good year, and it's second year under Mario Cristobal. So that one's 
I would say out of those three I just told you, that would probably be the one I would say I would be the most hesitant on like telling people to back. But you should still back it because if Tyler Van Dyke is anything like he was two years ago, that's an easy eight and four team in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, that's who we're backing. Back us if you want or fade us if you want. Do whatever you want. Tell us if you're gonna if you're gonna fade us. Let us know. We're gonna post the graphic of these uh, locks. I, th- I think Jeff, is that right? We we can. Yeah, I was I, I didn't have the over under, but we'll do it. Yeah, post the graphic of these locks. Yeah, uh, let's let's do that. So then uh, I want to know if people are fading us or backing us. But we're both very confident in these picks, and I think there's very high value in these, and I think it's just gonna be an easy way for us to make money. I agree, Cole. You have a really good segment that I am really excited for. How about you tell the listeners what that is and lead us into it? All right. This is called not saying, but just saying. Basically what this is, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but just saying it could. And, and what if it does? So so I'll just, I'll just kick off with my first one so you guys can kind of see what it is. So my first one is not saying Notre Dame and LSU will meet in the playoffs of the national championship. But it could, and watch out for it. Because picture this, Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame to go to a program where he, think he, is, he thinks he is more likely to win. And Notre Dame fans are supremely, supremely upset. And LSU is incredibly confident that they have their guy for the future where he'll bring them another national championship. And I think Brian Kelly already showed at LSU that he can get them deep into the postseason and in the playoff hunt early. And I think that LSU can take that next step this year and make the playoffs. And what we saw yesterday with Notre Dame, they could, I know they have a really, really tough schedule, but it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for them to beat Ohio State at home, beat Clemson. Maybe Clemson's not as good. Beat USC. I mean, with that offensive line and the way they played yesterday, I think that USC is a very, Notre Dame's a very bad matchup for USC. So, you could see them both in the playoff, maybe meeting the national championship or not. And think about the storylines that would come up from that game. The way the Notre Dame and LSU fans would just be at each other's throat. The way ESPN would market that game. The stakes will have never been higher for both of those programs. And they will just be fighting tooth and nail for their coaches and for their guys. And the storylines would be just amazing. And it would be must-watch TV and not saying it's going to happen, but literally just, just imagine if it did. It would be unreal must-watch college football. Cole, I think that's a perfect one to start this segment off with. I love that. And I, I don't know if I can match that with mine, but I'll go into mine real quick. So I'm not saying that Joe Milton won't end the year as the starting quarterback in Tennessee, but I am saying what if it happens? Because they have a five-star just – I mean, this guy is going to be a first-round pick when the day comes. Nico Lamalavela, I think is how you say his last name. I tried to look up a pronunciation. I think that is right. He is the number two player in last year's recruiting class, five-star quarterback. This guy's 6'6", 210. And there's a lot of buzz around his name coming out of camp. Joe Milton also has a lot of buzz, too. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. But what if Joe Milton didn't make it through the year and they're actually doing good? They just said, you know what? This kid's too good. We got to put him on the field, Cole. So that's my I'm not saying, but I'm just saying segment. That's good. That's good. I got one more for you. One more for you on the eve of college football. I'm not saying 
that the Pac-12 is going to get two teams in the playoffs. But just imagine on the year, the final season of the Pac-12, the swan song of the Pac-12, they get two teams in the playoff and just throw it in everybody's face and throw it in the Pac-12's face for not getting a TV deal and not getting it figured out. Because this, this conference has so many good quarterbacks and so many teams that could, but like there's, there's no reason that two teams couldn't finish with one loss in this conference. Just by how many top level teams, those top six teams, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for two of those teams to finish with one loss. You take your pick, could be Utah, could be USC, could be Oregon, could be Washington. None of those four teams would surprise you. I mean, UCLA, maybe Dante Moore molds perfectly with Chip Kelly and Oregon State, they're a sleeper. There's there's by just there's so many teams that could do it. I like it could happen. And maybe there's some turmoil in the SEC. They cannibalize each other. Maybe the Big Ten cannibalize each other. All you need is one or two conferences to not be as good or to just lose more games than they should. And there you have it. The Pac-12 goes from having no team in the playoffs for a few years to having two teams in in the last year of their conference just saying screw you to their conference and and letting everyone know that they messed up by letting that conference get basically just destroyed. I don't know. It could be a really special season, the Pac-12, and I don't think it's going to happen. But if it did, the storylines that would come out of that and all the hatred that would come out of that from Pac-12 fans would be unreal. Yeah, two Pac-12 te- or two Pac-12 teams would be truly a crazy thing, and especially for a conference that hasn't been there since, I think, like 2017. That would be a heck of a way to go out. So we want to end this podcast with our playoff predictions. Cole, what's your playoff, and who is winning the national championship? All right, I have the number one. No surprise here, it's Michigan. That roster is... Just there's no holes in it, and their schedule is not hard. They have a three-game season at the end of the year, four if you count the Big Ten championship. So I think they beat Penn State. I think they're built to beat Penn State, and then they get Ohio State at home this year. If they beat them the last two years with this roster, they should do it again. And so I think this team is just – it's the best team Harbaugh's had, and I think they're really happy with what they got there. So Michigan number one, I think – I'm going to have LSU at number two. I think the SEC champion, one loss SEC champion, will be the number two seed just based on the schedule and that they have to go through. So I think LSU gets in there with one loss and wins the SEC, as you guys know. And then my number three team is Texas. I think Texas will have one loss and they will win the Big 12. And there is no way a one loss Big 12 champion, especially Texas, with their name, will not be in the playoffs, so I'll give them at number three. And then I think, just based on who the Pac-12 has, I think a one-loss Pac-12 champion will also be in over, let's say, a one-loss ACC champion. So I'm going to put Oregon in as my fourth seed. I just think they have the roster and the talent to do it. So those are my four teams. My number five team who just missed it is Clemson. They're going to be one loss, maybe two losses, one in the uh, ACC. And then right behind them, I have Penn State. I think Penn State will finish the year with one loss as well. So, But they will not have the benefit of having a 13th game. So that is my top six teams in that order. And then I think my national championship game is going to be 
Michigan versus Texas. And I have Michigan coming away. They're just better on the, it's going to be a battle of trenches, but I think they will be the better team in that game. And they will have the running, the better run game to keep the ball out of Texas's hands. And I have Michigan as your national champion. And if I am correct, sneaky storyline here, pretty sure Michigan opens their season or it's their second game of the year against Texas next year. So you could have a rematch of a national championship game early in the 2024 season. Yeah, that's a very like Desmond Howard-esque playoff. Like that was a you you that was a crazy playoff, I think. If we had those teams, I would uh that I mean, you'd be missing the three favorites coming into the year for the playoff, but hey, I like that. That's that's an aggressive playoff that I think you can put a lot of backing behind. Make sure you write it down because I better be getting all the credibility in the world if I get this right. If you pick those four right, yeah, I yeah, we're, we're, we'll write it down. We'll get it out there. So I will Absolutely. go with mine. So number one seed, it's Ohio Chalk State. Chalk Jeff. Yep, Chalk Jeff. We're going to go Ohio State number one. They're, they're going to figure out the quarterback, and the defense is going to be elite this year. I think you're really going to see a pissed-off defense come into this season and really work on not letting what happened against Michigan happen. And then my number two team, we got Alabama. I do think Alabama is going to be really, really good this year. I think they are going to – I think Jalen Milrow is going to be the guy. And Saban, Saban's another guy that I wouldn't want him to be too upset. And he's kind of sneaking in the shadows right now. Kirby Smart, former assistant under Saban, two, two years in a row he's won the national championship. Let's not give Nick Saban any extra motivation. And they're going to play Texas. So Cole and I have the same three seed. Both have Texas – that would be a rematch, Alabama-Texas. I ironically think those two teams, their loss will be, one of them will be to each other, obviously, early in the year, but they're both going to be a one-loss team. I think Alabama is going to beat Texas when that week happens, but then they're going to run through the SEC, and I think Texas loses to Alabama, and they run through a weaker Big 12, in my opinion. And then the fourth seed... I got Georgia. And so the reason Georgia's in here, in my opinion, is I just don't think the SEC East is good at all. And they're going to go and win every game in their conference. And then I have them losing to Alabama. And unfortunately, there's too much bias surrounding the SEC that I don't think they would put a one loss SEC uh, in their one loss being to Alabama in the SEC championship. I just... I, I don't I've seen this committee do this too much. I just think that is what would happen. Even if it's like a USC wins the Pac-12 and has one loss, I just think they would do that because it's Georgia. And I don't. I hope they don't do it. But that was that's my prediction. And my two teams, I have just missing out. I have Michigan as the fifth team. I think Michigan is going to be really good this year. And I think their one loss would be to Ohio State, and then that would prevent them from getting to the playoff based on. What I just said about Georgia, I think they would look at Georgia and Michigan, and I think they would say Georgia is the uh, better team in that scenario. And then my sixth team is Florida State. No secret that I think they're going to be really good this year. I think the Pac-12 is going to beat up on each other a lot, and I don't think they're going to get a playoff team. That's why I don't have them in the top six. And I think you're looking at national championship of Ohio State, Alabama, and Ohio State's getting it done. And it's Cole and I both have our team, and I mean, I, I think it's, it's not something that's not possible. Like, I mean, you look at the odds market, 
Michigan's four, Ohio State's three for winning a national championship. So it's not crazy. It is saying that Alabama or Georgia wouldn't win, but I'm confident with it, and that that's who I got, Cole. I, I will say I am confident that if this Michigan team were like the same roster, were maybe Texas or LSU, I would be still, I think I'd still pick this team to win the national championship just based on returning production. All I'd say, I, I tried to be unbiased in this pick, but I do like just based on all their returning talent and everything. And like you said, they are, it's not a crazy pick. They're the fourth, they have the fourth highest odds. So, but it is, but also, I have no problem with being biased. I just want to say with this one, I wasn't. But if I was biased, I would also tell you guys that because I have no problem with being biased towards your team. That's what college football and being a fan is all about. But just a little disclaimer. I like that. So this will uh, this will wrap up our prediction, our week zero breakdown episode. Next week is, I mean, we're hitting the ground running. It's going to be a full episode. It's going to be everything to expect going forward this year. Cole, you got any final thoughts? We're here. We made it. It's football season. Let's go watch some ball. Let's go see what amazing storylines come out this year. And I am just very excited to give you my first bets of the season and to start out 3-0. I love it. I love that positive vibes only. That's a, that's a mantra you got to have when you place a few wagers. So this will wrap up the episode. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Share it. Um, like, retweet anything we post. If you enjoy it, share it with some family members, share it with some friends. That is the best way for us to grow. And we will see you next week on A Degree in Sports.